Hi there, and welcome to this, the very first one of my video games podcast. I'm calling it Day Video Games. Let's press start. Ha! And start it. Okay. My name's Dave, I like video games This is my podcast called Dave Video Games If you like games, well I'm the same So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games Video games. I'm David Stanier, a silly comedian, and I really like video games. I have for ages, mate. Playing video games is just a really fun thing to do. I like the buttons from A to triangle. I like the left analog stick. I like the right analog stick. I like moving them all around, and then they move me around. In the game. I like pausing a game, taking a break. Ah, just a moment of peace for once. I like how much jumping is involved in video games, because real life certainly does not have enough jumping. I like how crouching down behind something to take cover from gunfire in a video game doesn't really wreck my thigh muscles like it does in real life. I like how video games bring adventure into your day and gives you the role of main character. Wow, what an honor. Thanks. They can test your skill against other human beings, or involve you in stories in ways no other medium might be able to, giving you choice and a connection to the character like no other. And other things you might say to people who don't care about video games when you try to justify it that makes them switch off. Video games are cool. Yes they are, okay? The plan for this podcast is just chatting all about video games. I'm going to be chatting with some friends who really like games too. Friends who are interesting people, such as comedians, musicians, and probably some more comedians. But hey, if there's any scientists or politicians out there, get in touch. But for this first episode, or level one, ha, it's just me, or single player, ha 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 ha, and hopefully it should give you an idea of what this podcast is all about. There'll be some regular questions. I'll ask what video game have you been playing recently? What are they currently playing? I'll also ask, what was your first video game? A quick look into how the guest first got into them. I'll ask when. When, when, when do you play video games in this busy modern life? How does video game playing fit into their daily routine? And I'll ask, oh my god, what is their favourite video game ever? That sort of thing is what I'll ask a question about. And hopefully we'll have some fun chats. But for this one, I'm going to ask myself those questions now. What video game have you been playing recently? What's in your disk drive? Load it up repeatedly. What's been entertaining you so consistently? What video game have you been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? That's what I want to know. Please, will you tell it to me? What's been making your hands move so furiously? What video game have you been playing recently? I'm usually quite late to the party in a lot of games because I don't tend to get them when they first come out. I get them when they hit the £20 mark. 
It's brilliant, but it's been out a while. I buy a game on release date about once a year. Recently, these have been 2012, Max Payne 3, 2013, Grand Theft Auto 5, 2014, PlayStation 4 with Alien Isolation, 2015, Metal Gear Solid 5, 2016, Battlefield 1, 2017, Call of Duty WW2, which is a bit of a mistake. 2018 was that rootin' tootin' good time Red Dead Redemption 2. Also in 2018, my girlfriend at the time got me God of War and three pizzas as a surprise. She is now my fiancé. God of War, though. Mythology. Fighting. Fun. Ooh, I like the older ones, but this one was really great. Not a lot I can say that hasn't already been said, except this. I have a beard as well. I recently had a long overdue haircut on the top of my head. After, my beard looked massive. Now Kratos has that new big bushy beard, but also has no hair. So is his beard really that big? We'll never know. Maybe in the sequel. I'm also currently constantly playing The Witcher 3. Constantly because it's massive. That RPG epic and a proud export of Poland. Barack Obama went and met the makers of it when he was on a presidential visit. I'm about 30 hours in and I know I'm going to be here a while. I'm really loving it though. I particularly like the stories. Mad little stories like following the spirit of a miscarried fetus through the woods to find a baron's wife, for example. Or finding someone's pan for them. Like, like, like a saucepan. Saucepan. Since October 24th, 2016, to about this Christmas just gone in 2018, I've been playing Battlefield 1. World War 1 first person shooter of other young men for their country. Ooh, I really like it. Like a bit of war. You should see me on a horse. And in Battlefield 1, you should see me as the cavalry guy. Straight away, triangle, get my sword out. And yeah, we're away. Hey, uh, if you are wondering if you'll survive and you see me coming for you on my horse, then the answer is nay. Also, when I play as the cavalry class, I like to think about that soldier's backstory. When did he learn to ride a horse? What's the horse's name? How did they both get to be here, away from home, riding into the king's war? I also like flying the planes and bombing the shit out of everyone. I'm quite good at Battlefield 1. And I should be, as I've spent 170 of my human life hours playing it, oh my god. I've died playing it 6,719 times, but I've killed someone else 7,259 times. So who's winning? <laughs> Battlefield 5 came out, and I have been playing it a little bit, but really, really not as much. Not as much at all. I think it's because there's hardly any maps, it's buggy, and there's a real lack of new content. It felt rushed. I really don't like how it's particularly not historically accurate. Making up battles in Amsterdam that never happened. And it's never going to feel right to see a person of colour in a Nazi uniform. Maybe I've got a heavily Hollywoodized version of World War II in my head, thanks to Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan. But I want that. That's what I want. Give me that. Even before Battlefield V came out, it wasn't looking good. After the first trailer, the now ex-EA executive, Robert Soderlund, concentrated on the criticism of there being women in it, of there being female soldiers in World War II. He said if people can't accept it, they are uneducated. And if you don't like it, then don't buy the game. And then it massively undersold. It's all been a bit of a shit show, really, and a massive shame.
when you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today. What was the first video game you played? Let's go back in time to when your memories were made. When you had tiny little infant hands holding the controller, you didn't yet understand. You pressed start, and then it all began starting off everything like the Big Bang. When you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today. Let's go back to when your memories were made. What was the first video game that you ever played? How did I start playing video games? Well, oh, now this takes me back. We were visiting Auntie Diane, who is my mum's friend, who I call Auntie Diane. Me and her son Gareth got on super well. I think we both bonded over things such as Action Man and a fondness for fighter jets. One day, he had a Sega Mega Drive with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. When that appeared in his bedroom, I was like, mate. You've already impressed me with your array of toy cars. But what the hell is this? Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Gareth would give me the second controller and I was Tails. A fox that flies using two tails as a helicopter. As you do. He would be Sonic the Hedgehog and zoom ahead. Because I don't know if you know, but Sonic the Hedgehog is a really fast guy. I'd be left in the dirt or just off the screen a bit as he ran off. That is until he messed up and I would fly down to help him collect all the rings that he just lost. Oh, Sonic, you've dropped all your rings there. Let me just help you oh, get them. Oh, they're bouncing off and flashing. Oh. And then he would run off again. And that was it. Video games. After that, I asked really, really, really nicely to Santa, and really nicely to my parents because they had connections with him, and kept up the level of being a good boy, which was already pretty high, to see if I might be able to have a Mega Drive. The whole team delivered. After Sonic 2, the games I had on Mega Drive were mostly based on films I liked at the time. Jurassic Park, The Lion King, Aladdin, and they were all so, so fucking hard. Long Saturday afternoons in the days before save files. The heartbreak. Dealing with loss. Knowing not everything is easy. That's why you're all snowflakes nowadays. I used to rent games all the time too. Do you remember renting things? Fun fact that I read on the internet, so probably true. Uh, did you know that the second level of The Lion King, they made it super hard on purpose? It's a level based on the song, I Just Can't Wait To Be King. You jump on a hippo, you ride on an ostrich. And they made it really, really hard on purpose. So that if you own the game, you could work out this monkey-based puzzle with loads of trial and error. But if you rented it, you just wouldn't have time to work it out. All the while you were doing this, there was this continuous 16-bit version of the song, like I Can't Wait To Be King, playing over and over and never decreasing in its enthusiasm. Like do 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 over and over and over. Then, some years later, I found Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider blew my mind. My dad sought me out so I could play it on the fancy new family computer. It also had Microsoft Word 95, a wit woo. Homework just got fun. Indiana Jones was already one of my favourite movies as a kid, and this seemed very familiar. But instead of Nazis, the bad guys were bats. That first level had this echoey excitement of going further and further into an ancient structure, discovering a forgotten civilization, shooting a bear. I swear I didn't really grasp that Lara Croft was meant to be all sexy. I just wanted to find the ancient artifact the ski on before Natalia did. Tomb Raider was probably the first game I really loved. 
After Tomb Raider, I would then get some more games for that PC of my dad's. When PC games came in those huge cardboard boxes. I was still often buying games based on movies I'd recently seen. I got Independence Day the game, Men in Black the game. It now seemed I was exclusively getting games based on films that Will Smith had been in. One game I had that didn't have Will Smith in, though, was Commandos Behind Enemy Lines. It was a top-down strategy game set in World War II. You had a crack squad of commandos that each had their own special set of talents. You had a scuba guy, a guy who did bombs, a spy who could dress up as a Nazi, a sniper, the main guy who was strong, and a guy who could drive. You had to sneak them all about, completing objectives. But ooh, it was too hard for 9 or 10 year old me. If the enemy saw you, then the alarm would go, and then just say I'll feed us then, because it was very, very hard. As a young boy, I didn't appreciate the nuance of its tactics. Maybe I would have done better if Will Smith was in it. In the spring of 1997, I made a deal with my parents. If I saved up £4 pocket money for 16 weeks to raise the £65 for half of the price of a PlayStation, then my parents would match it. As a 10-year-old boy, you cannot fucking imagine the anticipation on week 15. When I got it, I didn't even have a game with it. So I played Demo Disc 1 to death, and then back from death, and then I played it to death again. I considered the PlayStation 1 my true first renaissance of playing video games. The masterpieces like Resident Evil 2, Final Fantasy 7, Metal Gear Solid, simply wonderful. And then there was the fun classics like Driver, Tekken 3 and Tony Hawk 2. Shout out to Parappa the Rapper, Soul Reaver Legacy of Kane and Abe's Odyssey. The PlayStation 1 was something else. In the year 2000 I was back to saving up money like crazy again. I sold a bike and used all my October birthday money, combined it with a Christmas present to get a PlayStation 2 on the Christmas it launched. It's funny to think that the PlayStation 2 came out in Japan in March and wasn't released in the US till November. Funny to think it. Funny to think that because that's not how it happens now. With the PlayStation 2, it felt like the next step was here. You better lift one of your legs up because the next step was here. Even the little blue light on the front was cool. The most brightest, most futuristic blue I'd ever seen. I used to stare into that little guy. So blue. And then I'd twiddle the little PlayStation logo on the front from horizontal to vertical for a bit. Fun to twiddle it. Then I might play Tekken Tag Tournament. Also, it played DVDs. A DVD? What's a DVD? Wait till you see DVDs. Videos on a CD? Yes, that's what a DVD is. My first DVD was Mission Impossible 2, and I watched all the special features on it. Tom Cruise and John Woo seem like nice guys. There's far too many games to mention on PlayStation 2. But dang it, I'll have a go. Hey, don't try to stop me. I'm gonna have a go. No, stop trying to stop me. I'm having a go. Get off me, I'm doing this. This was when Grand Theft Auto went 3D. Bang! It was so good. Hours on Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City and San Andreas. I will note, pretty much all of Vice City's 80s charm was lost on me as a 15 year old with limited knowledge of the 80s. I hadn't seen Scarface, I hadn't seen Miami Vice, but I did know about rap music by the time it was San Andreas, yeah boy. Other PlayStation 2 highlights were... Metal Gear Solid 2, particularly towards the end when it all goes nuts. And the colonel tells you to turn off the game, you've been playing too long. I need scissors, 61. What a crazy guy. 
I wasn't bothered about not playing a solid snake like everyone else seemed to be. I didn't think it really mattered. It's mad how in that game, Hideo Kojima predicts rigging elections through social media. Hmm, huh, how's about that? And uh, you just remember that building the future and keeping the past alive are one and the same thing. Metal Gear Solid 3 came out years later, and in a lot of ways it was even better. I actually enjoyed it because I got my copy of the game for free. I won Star Letter in Games Master Magazine when I discussed how the focus on Grand Theft Auto's more violent aspects, you know, such as killing prostitutes, was a shame when the real joy of it came from the freedom the game offered. What a little nerd. I found this article recently cleaning out some of my stuff in my parents' attic, so if I can find it again, I'll put a photo up on... And at this point, I guess I'll announce I'm going to have a Facebook page. Yay! Other PlayStation 2 memories. Shadow of the Colossus is such a classic. Killing big friendly looking monsters to bring back your wife from the dead. Classic. Hanging onto their fur, stabbing them in the top of the head. Classic. Also, I'd like to mention, we love Katamari, where you're a little boy with a little ball called a Katamari. You roll it around, rolling up increasingly larger things, from pencils and sweets, to watermelons and dogs, to people and cars and lampposts, elephants, to buildings, and the Statue of Liberty, and then you're ripping up islands out of the ground, and then Germany, and then Brazil, and the clouds and the rainbows out of the sky. It's good. Those PlayStation 2 days were great, but this was also the generation when I got my first Nintendo. At the same time as having a PlayStation 2, I also had a GameCube. Mostly because of Star Wars Rogue Leader, and because they were a bit cheap. I had some teenage multiplayer everyone round one television video game moments, because it could handle four players. We were playing Super Smash Bros, Super Monkey Ball, Mario Kart Double Dash, but mostly we played Time Splitters 2. There was one mode called Virus where an AI bot would start off with the virus, and would spread it about by running into the other players, unless they shot them first. Bang! Those with the virus would then try to get the others as well, until more and more people had the virus. It was basically like a zombies mode, and it was ace. Super Mario Sunshine was my first Mario game. Mario's on holiday! Although he kept his dungarees on. Unlike nowadays, where you can Google Mario nipples and see them, looking like a Hollywood actor on the beach between films. When I was 17, I started a part-time job working at GAME. There isn't really much to tell you about working at GAME. Mostly it was just working a job at selling things that happened to be video games. A best bit about working there was that you could have a chat about video games with your colleagues, and we would get first dibs on free promotional stuff that got sent. Brain training t-shirt anyone? Also there was a discount. Working there, I used my wages to save up for a PC. I got it on my 18th birthday. It was a custom-built, quite good one from this place called Compsol in Stoke-on-Trent. I was so hungover from going out the night before that when we picked it up, I threw up in the bushes outside in the car park. My dad and seven-year-old sister sorted it out for me inside the shop, while I sorted myself out outside. And so, I started PC gaming whenever I wasn't on MSN Messenger. Who would think that using a mouse would have such an advantage? Especially for first-person shooters. But dang, if having loads of buttons wasn't half annoying. I'm talking about the keyboard. I'm not a fan of using A, S, D, and W for moving about. I'd like the sensitivity of an analog stick. Who would have thought moving my wrist is more like moving my neck than moving my thumb is? But carefully moving my thumb is more like moving my legs than moving my fingertips. One theory I have is that it might be that a thumb is smaller than a wrist, 
and so a wrist is more like a neck. But then how is a thumb more like my legs than my fingertips? Back to the drawing board! I really like World War II games. It was probably the last clear-cut example of good versus evil in history. And we won! The PC was great for World War II games. Possibly the main one that started the trend of World War II games was Medal of Honor Allied Assault. It made Medal of Honor Frontline seem cute in comparison. I loved how on the D-Day mission it was hard to even get off the boat without dying. When the door dropped, the machine gun fire would near instantly kill you unless you moved, moved, moved. It wasn't just some cutscene where your ship explodes, but you survived it, and you're waking up in the shallow bit, and it's all in slow motion and blurry, and people are getting shot everywhere, and then, oh, one was a flamethrower man, oh, it's a big ball of fire, Uh, and then, oh, someone's picking you up, it's your captain, he's telling you it's time to start the mission. None of that. Not like every other World War II game with a beach landing. Also on PC, I love Civilization 4, and it has the best song of any video game ever. Baba Yetu is an amazing song, and deserved the Grammy it won. You should look up Baba Yetu. That's B-A-B-A-Y-E-T-U. Put your arms in the air and enjoy. I'm not a PC gamer nowadays, but I know what I'm missing out on. But I do have memories of my graphics card not being compatible enough, and accidentally hitting the Windows button, and I find consoles... Consoling? Nah, that's not the right word. The word is piss easier. And just knowing it's actually going to work. Probably. I then went to university. And in those young years, I joined the next generation of consoles. I switched from PlayStation over to the Xbox 360. I really like the look of Bioshock, Mass Effect, and Gears of War. Enticing exclusives on the Xbox. What happened, Microsoft? This was my fourth console generation. For me, one that would last seven years. I found myself enjoying the contemporary masterpieces... But the landscape was changing. Things like DLC and digital downloads. The roots of trends that would then echo through time. As the popularity increased, so did the profit. Oh, hang on. The question was what was my very first video game? It was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite What's the game? When you played it, you just knew it was your favourite Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite A special place in your heart to the finish from the start Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite Completed it loads of times, could be a classic or a surprise Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite What's the best one? Say it to David, tell us now What is your favourite? Tell me your favourite My favourite game is Half-Life 2 Being a very quiet man, smashing up crates with a crowbar back fighting the interdimensional rotters the combine it's half-life 2 i first played it in 2005 on my pc it was a sophisticated sci-fi epic say hello to my wriggling toes because it blew my socks clean off hello wriggling toes it was a cinematic yet autonomous treat set in a dystopian world like i'd never seen before Ooh, it was so dystopian in city 17 like a kind of futuristic eastern europe the characters were believable and well acted like the lovely Alex and her dad, Dr. Eli Vance, who you wanted to be your father-in-law. Enjoyable brief encounters with Father Grigori, a priest wearing converse in zombie-filled Ravenholm, and Colonel Odessa Cubbage, who taught you all about rocket-propelled grenades. What a great bunch of pals. Dr. Wallace Breen is a right tit. Nice peace agreement with the Combine you did there, now everyone's enslaved. Cheers, thanks a bunch, you stupid idiot. And, uh, can I just ask, what the hell was G-Man up to? 
He sure seemed up to something. Here's a question. How do you take the leaps in design that this game made? I'll tell you, it's for granted. You take the leaps in design that this game made for granted. The physics were like nothing anyone had seen before. And I know you can't see physics, but you know what I mean and stop being contrary. And the gravity gun showed them off brilliantly. The sound design was great. From the creepy walkie-talkie chatter of the combine, to how an exploding barrel would sound sharp and change the audio as your ears were ringing, which is quite a new thing to do at that point. Here's a bit of trivia I found. If you reverse the wails from the headcrab victims, you'll hear them screaming help me, indicating that they are still aware of their surroundings and the extreme pain that they're in. Thanks IMDB. I love the use of metro trains in the Half-Life games. Whenever I'm on the metro link in Manchester, I pretend I am a bit of a Gordon Freeman. Off on my way to work, to push some unusual material into an anti-mass spectrometer. I presume everyone else on the metro is doing the same thing, and that's why no one speaks to each other. Half-Life 2 then had two additional episodes that came out after continuing the story, and then it ended on a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger that would never be concluded. Ever! EVER! Half-Life 2 Episode 3 never came out. Half-Life 3 has never been made. The world can be bitter and horrible. I think it will never be made. It's been too long now. It's too much expectation for you. The people who made the first ones probably don't even work at the company anymore. Valve went on to make the digital distribution service Steam. And they made a fuckload of money. Absolutely loads of money. Really, really a lot. So from a financial point of view, yeah, fuck it. Why would you make Half-Life 3? My favourite game is Half-Life 2. It's available on PC and the orange box on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and it's backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Why not give it a go? When do you play your video games? The minutes turn into hours, which become an entire summer's day. And when that time has been whiled away, do you feel accomplished or dismayed? When do you play your video games? I sit very still, except for my hands, which move and move me through digital lands. My thumbs order the commands, as time slips through my fingers like sand, exfoliates as I play my video games. Time is a game, and every day is a level, and there are no extra lives. We're all trying to score as many points as we can before we die. When do you play your video games? Like, when in your spare time do you get a chance to play video games? In my day-to-day -day life, I think I play video games for a satisfying amount of time. I'm always aware of wasting time. It trickles through your fingers like sand. But hey, you've got to relax. Relaxing is a great way to take care of yourself. I tend to have a lot of things on. A 9 to 5 job. A fiancé who I like to spend quality time with. I try to write and make comedy stuff. I do stand-up. And now I'm making this podcast. But I still find time to have a good play of a game. On weeknights I tend to play games at about 10pm. And all day Sunday if possible. I'll go for a few rounds in the old online multiplayer. Usually Battlefield or Rocket League. I don't like this Battle Royale mode that's going around with the kids at the moment. I find it crazy how kids like it, 
as I find them so, so slow. You're either running around waiting to bump into somebody else, or hiding in a kiosk waiting for them to find you. Takes ages with such little, little action. My fave type of game is a good old single player adventure. If I've been working hard recently, I like to get stuck into one of them for maybe about three hours. Doing a big chunk of one of them. If I've got a particularly lazy Sunday with nothing to do, I like to have a good binge of a shorter game that I can complete in one go. An acclaimed indie title is usually perfect for this. I played Inside, the latest puzzle adventure game from the makers of Limbo, in one sitting. What I liked better about this one than in Limbo is that your character can swim. It annoyed me in Limbo how when you fell in the water, the way the little boy drowned. Like he doesn't do anything about it. He just starts sinking. He just seems really apathetic to the fact that he's dying. Oh dear me, I'm drowning to death. That is, until it's too late, and then he starts panicking. I also did Firewatch in one go, one lovely Sunday. Strolling about the woods. Ah, fresh air. And I thought the ending was great. Close those curtains! I can't forget the mighty beauty of the game Journey. I think I'm going to play Journey again this Sunday. I think I read about games more than I play them. I just like to keep up to date with all the latest gaming news. Although I'm quite aware that maybe I read so many because of the addictive nature of journalism in this age of hyper amounts of information. I don't watch other people playing video games. I know what Twitch is. I've watched it once when Trixie Mattel was on it, the drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. But I don't really have time for that. Or any clue where to begin, really. Or any desire to watch it. So that's what this podcast might be, but with two people and I won't talk about me as much. I like to think that this podcast is on a normal difficulty setting, with just the right amount of auto-saving. So, um, yeah. As mentioned, this podcast will have a Facebook page. I've got a Twitter, at David Stanier. I also do a few YouTube videos, youtube.com forward slash David A. Stanier. All these will be interlinked on the internet via links. Or just search me, officer. Let's save and quit this episode, and go and listen to the next episode now. It's me talking to comedian and great buddy of mine, Danny Sutcliffe. If you thought you were done, it's only just the beginning. See you later, crocodiles. Goodbye. Goodbye.